Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. It's River to River from IPR News. I'm Ben Kiefer. This hour, all about the changes Iowa lawmakers are proposing to the state's public assistance programs. These are programs that assist low-income Iowans, uh, people with disabilities and children. Uh, Changes concerning who would be eligible to receive SNAP nutrition assistance and the the type of foods available uh, when you receive SNAP nutrition assistance. Also, uh, proposed new requirements for those who receive Medicaid benefits. Now, if if this is something that impacts you, um, shapes your life or a loved one, um, do you rely on public assistance? Join our conversation throughout the hour, 1-866-780-9100, 1-866-780-9100, or email us, river to river at iowapublicradio.org. My co-host this hour on this Legislative Monday, IPR State Government Reporter Katerina Sestarek. Hi, Katerina. Hi, Ben. I'm going to hear in the second half hour from lawmakers, one from each side of the aisle here. Uh, but before we hear from some Iowans this half hour who may be personally impacted by any changes our lawmakers enact to public assistance, uh, well, Katerina, let's quickly have you catch us up on what's been happening at the State House in this area. What are the proposed changes? Right. So there's one bill right now that has a lot of proposed changes in it to public assistance, and it got approved by Republicans on a subcommittee last week. So that was the first step. Um, And now it can go to a full committee vote. Um, It would establish some new limits on assets that Iowans can hold while receiving food assistance. Um, It would also ask the federal government for permission to enforce work requirements for some Medicaid recipients. It would also ask for federal permission to ban the use of SNAP benefits to buy candy and soda, Um, and there would be additional verification of Iowans' identity and their eligibility for SNAP and for Medicaid. And the bill also would require people to cooperate with the child support recovery in order to continue getting their benefits. Mm -hmm. Republicans have uh, large majorities in both chambers, and of course we have a Republican governor. So what is is driving these uh, changes by uh, Republican lawmakers chiefly? Well, bills like this have been considered by Republican lawmakers for several years in a row now um, and still haven't passed. A few years back, there were bills that were being submitted by the Opportunity Solutions Project, which is a group that's aligned with a conservative think tank based in Florida that advocates for changes like this to public assistance programs. And since then, um, lawmakers have been kind of working through the bills and writing their own proposals. And it just seems like every year Republicans are considering bills like this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us a little bit, and we'll hear um, some opposition from people uh, who are um, receiving SNAP benefits in just a moment. But generally speaking, how would you characterize the opposition to these changes? Right. So the opposition is coming from, you know, just a wide range of groups that advocate for low-income Iowans, for people with disabilities, for children, and um, some healthcare organizations and public health advocates. Um, the general opposition is that, you know, they're saying people who need help with food and medical care could end up losing their benefits if this bill becomes law and if, you know, some of these um, provisions get approval by the federal government. 
Um, so that's kind of what the opposition is saying. Okay, uh, Katerina, uh, we'll check back in with you. You are at the uh, State House Law Library, and in our second half hour, uh, we'll have you back with uh, lawmakers uh, to talk specifically about this bill. Uh, Katerina, thanks for now. Thanks, Ben. Uh, let's talk with some people who are personally impacted by these uh, any changes that may be our way in our laws. Uh, Cecilia Prophet is with us, uh, resident of Iowa City. Um, she was uh, with us when we talked about uh, these types of public assistance uh, back in the summer of 2022. And Cecilia, welcome to this program. I hear uh, uh, a young one in the background, and that's perfect. Yeah. That is perfectly fine. You're a mother, a resident of Iowa City, uh, and thank you for coming on our show again. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Okay. Cecilia, remind us, tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah. So we live in Iowa City. Um, my spouse is a PhD student and a grad instructor at the University of Iowa. And then we have two kids. Our oldest is four. Uh, our youngest is almost two. And I'm the full-time at-home caregiver for them. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your, uh, you, you've, so good to, to volunteer a little bit of information about your financial situation, sure. why this, uh, why you receive public assistance. Uh, tell us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why it's so yeah. cri- critical for your family. <laughs> I can lay the math out for you. So my spouse <laughs> makes about $2,000 a month after taxes. Um, our rent for you know a modest home close to the buses so he can get to campus is about fifteen hundred. Uh, doesn't take a genius to know that leaves about five hundred dollars a month for diapers, utilities, everything yeah. else we might need, and that's not enough to feed a family of four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two kids, two adults—that's just not enough, right? So um, we are eligible for SNAP because of our income, and so that pays for food, and it also makes us eligible for. Uh, you know, my daughter got free swimming lessons from the city over the summer. Our utilities are slightly discounted. Our internet's slightly discounted. All those kinds of things help it so that, you know, as you know, I assume you know, uh, you know, food banks right now are being slammed with need as, you know, prices are going up for everyone. And so far, because of SNAP and our SNAP eligibility, we've been able to avoid having to go and add even more pressure, right, to the local food bank. We've been able to make it work just with SNAP. Yeah. Do do you have any sort of discretionary spending? You can go out and do something special for you (laughs) or the kids. Oh, I hear the laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, there's not a unless you know unless a generous friend or neighbor pays for it. No, we don't go out. We don't go out to eat. We don't. uh, No. (laughs) No. So, so what you have now, the SNAP benefits you receive right now, a good characterization sounds like it's just enough to get by. It's it's enough, but it's just enough. Yeah. yeah. Are you able to put away any uh, savings, however minimal? Um, sometimes, yeah, a little bit. The what was really helpful was so I had a child born in 2021, and there were some, uh, you know, the stimulus checks and the there were some child tax credits, and so we got a few thousand dollars on our tax return that year, and we put that in savings and have been able to keep that there. Um from our, like on a month-to-month basis, there's not really anything left over. Yeah, and when we get to talk more about the bill, you'll know why, and you already know why, of course, why I'm asking about savings. So let me ask also about, um, do you have a car or perhaps two cars? We have one car, and that's why we live close to the bus, so that my spouse can take the bus to work and I can have the car with the kids. Mm-hmm. Do you, up to this point, you, you sound uh, thankful that you've not had to rely on any food bank food, right? But that is an option. Yeah. There's an option, yeah. It's right across the street from us. 
Okay. And we've used them for other things, but not for food so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, l- let's talk uh, about your thoughts on what is House File uh, 3, and uh, Katerina was with us a few moments ago. She went through uh, s- some of the the basics of it. Uh, what is your reaction? What draws your attention there or causes cons- um, concern? <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, you know, they've been trying to do a similar bill ever since we've lived here. And the first year it went through, you know, I was very emotional and crying about it. This year, I'm honestly, I'm just kind of upset that they're wasting our time and energy with it. Again, it's not something that Iowans want. It's something that out-of-state lobbyists want. It's not something that's good for Iowans. And they always market it as, oh, we're trying to save taxpayer money, but it doesn't save money. It costs state more in administrative fees because SNAP is fully federally funded. All the money is already there Mm -hmm. for our food. The only thing the state pays for is to administer it, and they want to increase the administrative costs for the program and take away eligibility for people in a year when food banks are slammed, right? The need is greater than ever and SNAP enrollment is down. It's, it's unbelievable to me that they want to make it harder for more families to get the help that they need and at a cost to the state. Yeah, Cecilia, you've informed yourself about this uh, because it personally impacts your, 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 yes. your family. But for those listening who have not yes, gone into the weeds here, tell us a little bit more about uh, well, what's wrong with lawmakers trying to ensure taxpayer dollars are only spent on people who truly need that help. Um, I think it sounds nice when you say we just want to make sure people who really need it get it. Um, SNAP is, like I said, federally funded. The only thing the state can do is control um, kind of where that goes. So they they have the option to implement an asset cap, um, which I think is a bad idea. I think it traps people in poverty, people like my family. We would immediately be disqualified because of our very modest savings account of about $3,000. We would be disqualified from SNAP but we don't make enough money to buy food. So then we use our savings to buy food um, and then it's gone. And then we requalify for SNAP, but now in an even more precarious financial situation with no savings, nothing. If our car breaks down, we have nothing to pay for that sort of thing. We have no savings for our kids, nothing. Um, and again, it costs the state money to implement this. The, Pens- the state of Pennsylvania did it and it cost them millions of dollars. And not only did they kick off people who they thought weren't deserving, they also, in the process, harmed a lot of people who were deserving but couldn't overcome all the additional paperwork, all these checks. So it hurts vulnerable people first and foremost, and it just makes no sense. It traps people in poverty. If you've just joined us, Cecilia Prophet, a resident of Iowa City, she and her husband um, receive SNAP benefits, also to benefit their two young children. Um, Cecilia, hang on. Uh, we have a, a caller from Des Moines, I think, uh, has been listening to our conversation. Kevin in Des Moines, welcome to the program. Hey there, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, something that um, Cecilia said has, has prompted a question from you? Yes, I am. First off, I'm a very far left liberal, uh, huge, you know, uh, proponent of the SNAP program. But I'm wondering if the current uh, caller, the speaker, is like the prototypical example of who needs the SNAP program most. Um, just the initial thoughts what type of like housing is it? Is it a one bedroom? Um, you know, what type of future income will the grad student have? And this isn't um, insulting or, or supposed to be derogatory, but, mm-hmm. you know, free swim lessons, is that what the program's supposed to be doing? I uh, just 
just some thoughts, and I, I would I'd love to hear your comments in the current calls, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Kevin, thanks. In Des Moines, those are all, all good questions. If uh, Cecilia, do you consider yourself uh, typical or, or, or not? Or do you know? Um, <laughs> I, I um, would acknowledge that we, uh, for people who are on SNAP, are in a pretty privileged position. We do think that we have a way out of poverty eventually. Um, most people on SNAP are elderly, are disabled, are young children. Um, but I also think, again, as a taxpayer as well, there's not much I'd rather have my tax dollars go to than food for people, right? Because every dollar that comes in for SNAP goes directly to grocery stores and farmers. Um, and it allows us and people who are less fortunate than us to participate in the economy and to have food um, for our kids. And the reason I think that we are in a less precarious position is because of SNAP. And to me, that's, that's the better use of my tax dollars. And I think the better use of most Iowans tax dollars is I shouldn't have to be miserable and in, you know, squalid conditions. I should be, you know, we should be trying to help people thrive and, and project themselves out of poverty more than just, I don't know. That's for me. That's what I think the best use of tax dollars is, is, is it's food. It's food and it's money that stays in the state. And that's a better use to me than administrative bureaucratic costs. Yeah. Well, what about the, the specific change in uh, one of these bills, the so-called uh, asset test, a requirement that the state um, consider a household's bank accounts, vehicles, cash on hand there? Does that mm-hmm. concern you? Yeah, because, you know, it sounds like a good idea. You know, we don't want people who have money in the bank to be using SNAP. Again, I think SNAP is a good thing for the state, not just for people who need it. Um, but if you require people to use their savings account to buy food, then, then they have those savings and then they've re-qualified for SNAP. So it just, you know, in a matter of a year or two, they're back on SNAP and then they're in a precarious financial situation, right? They have no savings. They can't fix their car. They can't, you know, it takes a certain amount of money to get out of poverty. And I think that should be the goal, right? The goal should be empowering people to not stay in squalid one bedroom apartments for the rest of their life with no savings account, right? Like, we should be enabling people to have a modest savings account and not be forced to use that for food. Okay, Cecilia, stand by, please. Um, we we love hearing the young ones in the background occasionally there. Cecilia, a mother, a resident of Iowa City on SNAP benefits. Uh, let's say hello again to Tara Kramer. Tara lives in uh, downtown uh, Des Moines. Last we checked in with her uh, in the summer of 2022. Hello again, Tara. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming into our studio. Remind us a little bit about yourself. Um, you, we, we should note here, unlike when we had you on in the summer, you are no longer eligible for SNAP benefits. Explain your situation first. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, when I was last uh, here, I was receiving the emergency allotment for SNAP benefits. So I was receiving $250 per month. Um, actually, I'm sorry, that ended in April of last year. So that ended a couple of months before our last interview. So at our last interview, I was getting $23 per month right. in SNAP benefits. Uh, just this last month, I received notification that I no longer qualify for SNAP because my only income, Social Security disability, I received a cost of living uh, adjustment. And because of the increase to my Social Security check, they completely cut off SNAP benefits. Yeah. So what is the situation for you like now? Perhaps a little more explanation of your your disability. The the biggest concerns, uh, challenges you face now, 
no longer eligible for SNAP benefits. How do you get by, Tara? Right. I, I'm still trying to figure out that new normal. It's a very good question, because um, if I don't have enough money to buy proper food to keep in my home, how is it I'm supposed to pay for um, anything else? I've, uh, I'm now seeing a therapist because I've experienced so many um, mental health issues, psychiatric issues since losing um, the initial emergency allotment. And um, based off conversations I've had with my therapist recently, she's actually diagnosed me with uh, disordered eating. So mm. it's, it's impacted every part of my life. And we're just trying to figure out the best yeah. way to, to, to get through this. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, Thank you. Um, you. I understand about 10 years uh, you've been on SNAP. And, and as you just um, said, uh, you're off SNAP um, now because you're making a little bit more than uh, the poverty level as they define it there. So, but I'm sure you do have some views about the changes that uh, we've been keeping track of uh, House File 3 and, and uh, the proposed changes we've been talking about in the first half hour. What's your opinion of those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I agree with what um, has been said so far as far as the opposition just continuing to come up year after year, wasting taxpayers' dollars on um, this new legislation that doesn't even make sense because if they're saying we're doing this because we want to make sure the people who qualify are getting the benefits, I still qualify. So... Um, it's it's frustrating to know that even though I'm still experiencing food insecurity, I'm not even going to have access to SNAP benefits anymore. Um, I, I'm really grateful that uh, the list of WIC foods has been taken off of the table. That was highly restrictive. But I'm still very concerned about um, them tying up this million-dollar allotment for double-up food bucks to them getting permission from the federal government to not allow SNAP benefits to go towards um, uh, soda and candy. Yeah. Well, why, why is that a, a point for you? People would say, you know, soda and candy, not, not something we should be supporting with taxpayer dollars. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's funny because people are um, putting a, a moral ground on food, if you will, saying that certain food is good, certain food is bad. Whereas with me, I have uh, a condition. I have several health conditions, but one of them is called POTS. It's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And there is no really good medication for that. Um, When I was diagnosed, my doctors told me it's very important that I increase my sodium intake. So they're telling me to keep things like a Snickers bar or a bag of potato chips on me or to keep uh, a soda or a sports drink on me so that when I do feel dizzy, I can ingest those foods without passing out. So whereas someone would say, oh, that's junk food, for Mm -hmm. me, it's actually medicine. Mm -hmm. Tara Kramer with us, um, a resident of downtown Des Moines, uh, as you've been hearing, disabled, uh, received SNAP benefits for many years, no longer eligible uh, since late last year, I believe. Uh, Tara, stay with us. Uh, Cecilia Prophet, still with us, a mother, resident of Iowa City. Let's go uh, to a caller. We can um, slip into uh, the conversation before we take a break at the halfway point. Ron is with us. Hi, Ron. Thanks. The cost of two CT scan diagnostics 
um, exceeded my life savings. This was over 30 years ago when I lived in Wisconsin. I thought the swelling on my face was cancer. Um, after I no longer qualified for food stamps and medical assistance, uh, different doctors decided it was sarcoidosis. Um, but because all of my life savings had been used up, I qualified to get some medical, some state federal payments to help with the medical costs and some food stamps so I could buy cheap groceries at the Aldi store. And I took the backpack and the city bus to the Aldi store, filled it, you know, bought what I could carry up to the amount that I could carry and went home and fixed my own meals. Yeah. You know, no restaurant meals, sodas and stuff were off limits, but for me, because I couldn't afford them. But the point is, it's not just families with young children who apparently sometimes qualify. I was a single male, never married, no known children, certainly none that I was responsible for. Um, but I qualified for help because my life savings was not enough to cover just the two CT scans that confirmed to them it wasn't cancer, but it was something else. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for your time. Ron, thanks for your call in the minute or so that we have before we go. A, a word from Cecilia and Tara before we go. Cecilia, we're going to be talking with lawmakers in the second half hour in the, in a minute, and I'll give Tara a minute as, as well. What is your message for lawmakers who think uh, these changes may be warranted and, and needed in a nutshell? Um, my thought is just all of this costs the state money. Right. SNAP is federally funded. We just pay for administrative costs. So why is it a better use of our money to pay to increase our costs to administer the program when we could just feed people? Mm -hmm. Is my thought. Okay. And uh, Tara, uh, your final words? Uh, I would say these are punitive measures that are trying to punish people who are experiencing poverty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would like them to completely uh, shut down the bill. Uh, punitive measures. Why would why would want anyone want? What would be the motivation for punitive measures, in your mind? Uh, that's a good question because these are the same representatives who are telling me that they trust me to use my own discernment when it comes to how I take care of myself. Um, this is obviously sending a different message than that. Okay, thank you very much for the two of you for joining us. Tara Kramer of Des Moines, Cecilia Prophet of Iowa City. We appreciate your viewpoints. Thank you very much. Thank you. Coming up after a short break, uh, we'll have uh, two lawmakers uh, join us uh, as well, uh, a Democrat, uh, Representative Beth Wessel-Crochel of Story County, also Representative Tom Jennery of Plymouth County, one Democrat, one Republican, as we discuss changes Iowa lawmakers proposing to the state's public assistance programs. Uh, these are programs that assist low-income Iowans, people with disabilities, uh, and uh, children. And uh, Katerina Sestarek, our state government reporter, will be back with us. Uh, she'll be with the lawmakers in the State House Law Library. Join us, 1-866-780-9100. Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics. Treatment for varicose veins and spider veins. Also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and CorridorAesthetics.com. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. 
Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. We're back with more of this River to River from IPR News, a legislative Monday edition with my co-host Katerina Sestarek, our state government reporter here at IPR. This hour tackling uh, changes Iowa lawmakers are proposing to the state's public assistance programs. Uh, These are programs that assist low-income Iowans, people with disabilities, children. Uh, For instance, changes concerning who would be eligible uh, to receive SNAP nutrition assistance, also the types of food available. Also, uh, in, in this conversation, proposed new acquirement requirements for those who receive Medicaid uh, benefits. Um, uh, for, for instance, uh, a SNAP asset test, part of uh, some of this proposal, a test requiring the state consider a household's bank accounts, vehicles, cash on hand. Uh, We discussed that a little bit more in depth in the first half hour. If you would like to join our conversation with a question, especially if uh, you rely on public assistance, we'd love to hear from you this half hour as we talk with lawmakers. You can join our conversation 1-866-780-9100. 1-866-780-9100, or email us, river to river at iowapublicradio.org. Katerina is in the State House Law Library with uh, two uh, of our elected officials. Uh, Representative Tom uh, Jennery is with us, a Republican from Plymouth County, um, District 5. Uh, Representative Jennery, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Representative Beth Wessel-Crochel joins us again, uh, a Democrat from Story County, District 49. Representative Wessel-Crochel, thank you for coming into the Law Library to be part of this program. Great. Thanks for having me. I'll hand it over to Katerina with some questions about these proposals. Well, Representative Jennery, one of the things that's been really catching Iowans attention about this bill is, of course, um, now the proposed ban on using SNAP benefits for candy and soda. Um, Proponents have said that, you know, this is a nutrition program. It should be used for more nutritious foods. But previous attempts by other states to do something similar and get this federal permission to do that have failed. Um, Do you think this time might be different and why? Well, I think this could definitely be different. What we want to uh, accomplish with this is to make sure that uh, Iowans are eating healthy foods. Uh, I think there should be a limit on the very high content sugar drinks and uh, candy and things like that. As a practicing dentist, uh, you know, candy is good for us, but I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, it, it, it's not healthy food, and that's what we're trying to promote here. We had um, a call, someone on our show in the first half who said, you know, she has a medical condition where her doctor tells her because she gets moments of low blood sugar to have candy with her um, and she's, you know, using SNAP benefits. So, you know, what do you say to people who may have just different different medical needs? Well, we're looking at all kinds of different things here. Uh, this bill is basically a template and there has to be some exceptions for people that uh, are hypoglycemic, uh, that are have... Uh, diabetes, something of that nature, uh, there, there has to be some exceptions for that. Uh, but that's a medical condition that, that we would certainly look at. Um, Representative Wessel Kershaw, do you think SNAP benefits should be limited to um, more nutritious foods? I think that we have to let Iowans choose what they're going to put in their grocery carts. Um, I feel very strongly about that. When you look at uh, research that has been done on uh, SNAP benefits, basically people who are using SNAP are buying the same things that you and I are. So if I 
I will tell you, occasionally I put some candy in my grocery cart. And I do, um, I remember when my kids were growing up, um, trying to fill up a teenage boy is really quite a challenge. And I, it may not always have been the healthiest in the world, but sometimes it was what I needed to do in order to fill up my child. So um, I think that making those decisions for people just because they don't have um, the resources that we have is wrong. Um, Representative Jennery, um, I want to turn to um, the part of the bill that says, you know, if the federal waiver was approved to ban the candy and soda from the SNAP program in Iowa, that the legislature would put a million dollars into the Double Up Food Bucks program that helps create an incentive for people and helps enable people to buy fresh fruits and vegetables with SNAP benefits. Um, would you consider, you know, not making that contingent on approval of the federal waiver? Yes, I think we need to look at that. Uh, that would be something that I think would benefit everyone in, in the state. Like I've said before, we want people to be able to buy fresh fruit and vegetables, and this is a way to get double what they're, it's a dollar-for-dollar dollar, uh, program. So this would enable them to double the amount of fresh fruit and vegetables that they would receive. And then, so there's also been some attention on the asset test for food assistance that's in this bill. Um, that was taken out of last year's version of this bill. So I'm wondering, you know, why are House Republicans coming back with that proposal again? We want to make sure that the people that get these benefits meet the requirements to, to receive them. We are looking for accountability uh, in, in these requirements, and we don't want to deny anyone the benefits that they're, they're entitled to. But if you're not, if you don't meet the requirements, then you shouldn't be getting those benefits. We heard from a woman earlier on the show who said, you know, she receives SNAP benefits and she has about $3,000 in savings that she was able mm -hmm. to put, put aside for emergencies. Um, you know, do you think people should still be able to save money for emergencies, for, you know, a down payment on a house, for a kid's education, um, you know, and still receive SNAP benefits? Well, like I say, this is we're looking at all different kinds of things uh, for this bill. And like I, I mentioned just a minute ago, this is a template. We want to look at everything that we possibly can to get the best uh, piece of legislation that we can. So the asset benefits are something that we're going to take a very careful uh, look at. Representative Wessel Crischel, um, you know, why shouldn't there be additional requirements on people receiving these benefits to ensure that people who are getting them really need it? Right. And I, I think this is important. We want to make sure that the people on the program qualify for the program. The asset test actually changes the qualifications for the program. And um, people who have been able to put some money into savings but have, for example, lost their jobs, um, they are, I think your first um, guest said it best, by not allowing them to have a savings account, we are trapping them in poverty forever. So we make them use that money for their groceries when their furnace breaks down. They don't have um, any resources to replace that furnace. Um, your previous guest mentioned a car. A car is an absolute necessity in most of Iowa in order to get to a job. And if your car breaks down and you have no way to replace it, it traps you in poverty. So the asset test to me is a change in who qualifies. It wouldn't be taking off people who qualify today, but it changes who qualifies and it puts them 
in a trapped position where they will be in poverty for so much longer than what we want them to be in. Mm-hmm. And speaking of what you're mentioning about the car aspect of it, um, it's my understanding that the bill would include a provision where someone could have more than one car, but the additional cars would have to be under a certain value. Um, Representative Jennery, do you want to address that part of the bill and the thinking behind that? Absolutely. With this bill, a family can have more than one car, but under the current uh, regulations, that car cannot have a value of, uh, it has to be less than $5,000. And this is one of the areas that we are, are looking at to probably increase that threshold. Uh, I, I think that's something that that will uh, eventually be included in this bill. Okay. If you've just joined us, we're speaking with two lawmakers, um, Katarina Sestarek of IPR at the State House Law Library, with Representative Tom Jennery, a Republican, and Representative Beth Wessel Crochelle, a Democrat, talking about. Uh, s- uh, the proposed changes in public assistance programs. Join our conversation if uh, you um, are concerned about this, if you are impacted by this, one 866 780 or email us, river to river at iowapublicradio.org. Let's go to Steele. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Steele in Iowa City, are you there? Yeah, Hi. Hi, welcome to the program. What's your take on this conversation? Yeah, so I have grown up on Medicaid and food assistance. My family was really poor, um, and I ended up going to college and got a pretty good job, but it still wasn't paying enough, um, and so I had decided to switch jobs to something that paid a little bit more, uh, and that job ended up not offering insurance until you had worked there for a year, which I like didn't realize at the time. And so I ended up losing my insurance and getting pregnant pretty shortly after that and then not being able to afford to, like, get anything because I couldn't work from pregnancy complications, and I had to go back on Medicaid. Um, So I feel like it is just like a vicious cycle where even when I'm doing better, I still can't afford anything, um, and I don't qualify for food assistance right now, so we're barely eating. All right. Uh, Steele, thank you very much. I think uh, uh, it would be good to have Representative Jennery react to that um, um, case uh, from Iowa City that we just heard. Well, there has to be some individual uh, applications to this. And and like I have said, this the, the committee process is we're trying to gather information uh, to, so that we can have the best bill that we possibly can. So we, we have to take into account some individual issues, but we also have to make sure that the people that need these, um, these uh, uh, benefits get the benefits. And so it, it's just a, it's an ongoing process. Let's go to our next caller, Corey. Uh, Corey, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Slater. Corey from Slater, welcome to the program. What do you want to chip in? Well, you know, I've read a lot about this bill from the exclusion of sliced cheese, which I find is ludicrous. Um, I get if you don't want to have American cheese, that's, there's not a lot of help there, but not allowing sliced cheese is just ludicrous. And then canned meat instead of um, fresh meat, that goes completely against what uh, 
this gentleman is saying that they want healthier healthier food because that is not healthy food it's full of preservatives and it's pretty much just garbage so i i'm finding it very hard to to understand what they're doing except just making it more difficult for poor people to have snap mm-hmm. thank you Corey and slater representative jenery it sounds like uh, can you react to the particulars he mentioned there please oh i would be very happy to uh we have uh, pretty much removed the qualifications that this gentleman has uh, started. WIC is a list uh, in the code that we used as a starting point for uh, this legislation. And uh, we have uh, since uh, amended that. So you can have fresh meat, you can have fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, you can have cheese, pasta, things like that. So it, th- it's not the restrictive thing that that WIC is. So that's not an issue anymore. Okay, let's go to a an email. Eric writes, and this goes to the asset test here, I think, uh, Eric writing us an email. He says, it's good to listen to your guests. And then writes, I, at least $10,000 should be allowed in savings, probably more. That's barely enough for most emergencies. I agree that incurring administrative costs is absurd, we know that those funds will go to a private contractor, uh, he writes, because that's the GOP way. Uh, Representative Jennery, it sounds like that one's directed toward you as well. Well, the asset test is uh, present because we want to make sure that, like I have said, that the people that uh, are receiving these benefits are, are truly meet the requirements. Uh, what we're trying to uh, accomplish here is if you have uh, a boat, uh, a, um, um, a travel trailer, and, and things like that, those need to be listed as, as assets to uh, ascertain whether you, you meet the requirements that uh, SNAP uh, provides. So, Representative Jennery, that that last question referenced the administrative costs that are potentially involved in um, adding these requirements. Um, would the potential savings from, you know, people who may not meet these requirements not getting benefits, would that outweigh for the state administrative costs to, to administer this program? Well, that's a very good question, and, and it's a hypothetical. Uh, I really can't uh, answer that. Uh, I would certainly hope so, but uh, it, like I say, that it's a hypothetical question. Um, Representative Wessel Crischel, um, you know, there's been proponents of this bill have said that there are issues with fraud and public assistance in the state, and this would help, um, you know, get rid of some of that fraud, um, you know. Are you concerned that there's too much fraud with public assistance in Iowa, and what should the state do, if not this, to crack down on that? So I, I think that's an interesting question. There are two different things that we talk about. One's air rates and one's fraud. And I think um, our air rates were going up, but that is just people making errors, people in their application or the people at the department making errors. The fraud rate is an interesting question. So there have been 158 people in the state Um, who have committed um, an intentional program violation, which would be, I think, what we consider fraud. So if you consider that we have over 135,000 households on 
um, SNAP benefits right now, that's less than 0.11%, or that is 0.11% in fraud. Um, and so I think we have a very good program in place now. Our department didn't ask for any changes. And it's really important, I think, that we understand that 42% of SNAP participants are children. 11% are disabled adults and 12% are senior citizens. So anytime we're knocking people off of this program, that's who we're impacting. And that's really important. And Representative Jennery, you know, what concerns do you have around fraud in, within these programs in the state? We're not trying to make this a, a punitive issue. Uh, do I think there's some fraud there? Yes. Uh, and I think part of that is that we, we want to have more accountability. The Iowa Department of Inspections and Appeals uh, put out their report, and in fiscal year 20, uh, 2022, the Bureau responded to, if you round it off, 4,700 referrals. Uh, and of those 4,700 referrals, 97% were related to SNAP benefits. Okay, let's go to a few callers who've been waiting here before our hour ends in about five minutes uh, as we talk about public assistance and changes being proposed by Iowa lawmakers. Nancy is with us in Cedar Rapids. A number of callers here. Nancy, I'll ask, to ask you to make it quick, but we sure love having you on the program. What's on your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking my call. As I've been listening this whole hour, the, what has rung through for me is that it feels like we're just taking away control and, and and inducing control into those who obviously don't have a lot of control over where they're at on the socioeconomic ladder and those who are are the most critical to to, to our, our 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 lives here in in Iowa and it's it, I don't I don't support this at all this bill at all Nancy and Cedar Rapids, thank you very much. Our lawmakers will have a time to respond before we end the hour, but I want to jump right to the interest of time, jump right to Cindy. Uh, Cindy, I believe you're calling from Des Moines? Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. And uh, I just wonder why they're so nitpicky on feeding people, and they weren't uh, quite so nitpicky on the school scholarship program. Okay. Uh, thank you, Cindy, in Des Moines. Um, let's go to our, our um, I, I feel those calls need, need sort of um, a reaction um, from our Republican representative, Tom Jennery, who is in, in favor of these changes. What's your reaction to the last two callers, Representative? We don't want people to get stuck in, in this program. Um, the requirements that we have are a pathway to get off uh, of the, the program. This is a safety net, not a hammock. And we have a worker shortage in, in Iowa. And one of the goals of this legislation is to help people get off welfare and get back into the workforce. Uh, having a job gives you a purpose. It gives you pride. Uh, hopefully it will inspire people to uh, in, go back in and, and increase their level of education. So th these are some of the things that, that we're hoping that this bill accomplishes. Okay, as we wind up the hour, um, let's um, get the final word from Representative Beth Wessel-Korshell, an opponent of these changes. Uh, what do you want to leave in our listeners' minds? 
So I want to leave that perception and reality are two different things. So if there's a referral to the Department of, of Inspection and Appeals, that's somebody who perceives there's somebody who is making a violation. And that is quite frequently and almost always um, discovered that it, it wasn't something. Um, our SNAP, people who are on SNAP and welfare, they are already required to work. Um, this is tightening up those requirements. People want to work. Um, some of them are working two and three jobs, but we are a low-wage state, so they continue to live below the poverty level. Um, and again, I think the most important thing to remember is when we knock people off this program, we are knocking off children, disabled adults, and senior citizens. And those are people I definitely want to make sure have access to groceries. Mm -hmm. Okay, the final word to, uh, from Representative Jennery. But before that, I want to throw in another comment from one of our listeners. Robin in Iowa City uh, is asking if the state will as asset test farmers for subsidies. An interesting uh, angle there. Your final words, uh, Representative Jennery. We want to make sure that uh, Iowa's welfare programs are sustainable in the future and remain uh, available for the Iowans who, who truly need them. And this is the impetus of the bill, and this is what I hope we come out of with committee. Okay, thank you very much uh, for coming in to speak with us. Representative Tom Jennery of Plymouth County, uh, Representative Beth wessel Crochelle of Story County, uh, thank you so much for coming to the Law Library uh, to, to share your thoughts. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. River to River Today, produced by Samantha McIntosh, Engineered by a John Pemble at the Law Library, our executive producer is Catherine Perkins. I'm Ben Kiefer. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.